This is The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. And welcome into the Ingles Studio, ESPN, Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green, heard everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, the first hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Ingles. Low prices, love the savings. Jeremy Green is not here this afternoon, sitting in, filling in admirably, hopefully. We, we, will, we will wait and see. <laughs> Uh, this is this will be my first voyage, yes. just solo with Mr. Brian Haynes. Yes, sir. He's in the house today, of course, of uh, Kadarius Tony fame. Hey, uh, those of you who have joined us, <laughs> that we need. Those of you who have joined us in the sportsocracy, familiar with Mr. Brian Haynes's work, and uh, glad to have him as part of the team here and filling in uh, on short notice here for hey. uh, Jeremy Green, who got called away to deal with some business today, yes, and hopefully. We got some good news waiting for us. <laughs> yes, absolutely. After this program is over, my oh my, how we have things to Whoa, talk about. Big, big, big day. Uh, seeing as how you know we are on the Tar Heel Station for Asheville, uh, let me just say this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the day has come, my friends, when there is no more Mike Shashevsky. Uh, not really. We're going to have to deal with it for one more season. Now let's uh, now let's go with it from a place of respect here. Because uh, the Tar Heel absolutely. fan inside of me wants to call him all the bad names in the world and say how happy I am to see that Mike Shashevsky will no longer be the head coach of the men's basketball team at Duke University. However, uh, this is a horrible, horrible, horrible loss for college basketball. It is. Let's be honest here. Mike Krzyzewski is probably the greatest coach in the history of college basketball. There's John Wooden, Mike Krzyzewski, Bobby mm-hmm. Knight, mm-hmm. and Dean and Smith. Dean Smith. Roy Williams. Roy, Jimmy Boeheim. <laughs> I'm from Syracuse. That. I had to throw him in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but here's the thing. He's got, right now, if you, if you combine his wins at Army, he's got 1,170 wins. Mm-hmm. That's like 200 more than Jim Beheim, who had a couple of them taken away for yeah. some, yeah. some, some things, reasons. Some, we'll just say reasons. Some things, um, you know, he, he ranks 97 NCAA tournament wins, which ranks number one amongst all coaches. Um, he was 126 we- weeks ranked atop the Associated Press top 25 poll. Mm-hmm. He's just unbelievable. He brought this team from nothing. Duke was a nothing college basketball team. Yeah, nothing. <laughs> I would say nothing. I mean, they had something going in like the Vic Bubas days. Well, and, so, I mean, it wasn't nothing. There were still... They were there. They were there. It, it definitely never became Duke. Yes. yes. Until Mike Krzyzewski hit his stride. And I, this is a team that you either love or you absolutely despise. Hey, There's hey, no hey. in-between. Nobody just says, ah, Duke's okay. <laughs> they either like, I'm a Duke fan or I hope they burn right. in fire. Right. You know, um, it's it's a sad day. 
I, I, you had to see this coming. Of course, you, you had did. to see this coming. I of mean, course you did. with we, all of the mm-hmm. uh, elder statesman coaches, mm-hmm. we said this when uh, Lon Kruger announced his retirement yeah. from Oklahoma, and then again after Roy Williams decided to retire from North Carolina. That this is just the beginning. Yeah. Uh, there is going to be a major shift in college basketball here when it, as it comes to head coaches. Because, honestly, you just can't expect 74-year-old dudes to continue to go out there and commit the time and the energy that it, that it takes to be a top-level college basketball coach. And, frankly, I'm waiting for Jim Beheim to make his announcement that this is going to be his last season I, at Syracuse. It could be his last year. Jimmy, oh, Jimmy and Buddy are going to be playing for him. Uh-huh. He's going to be able to ride off into the sunset coaching his two sons mm-hmm. i can 100 percent see us going but we talked about this especially after roy retired that this game has changed mm-hmm. the college basketball landscape has changed to a point to where the elder statements are no longer wanting to do this because they put all of this time and effort into recruiting these guys they come and i i, I would feel like the jalen johnson situation this year was probably the last draw for shashesky right. he was probably just like i can't do this anymore you put all this time and effort into them, especially now that you have the transfer portal. You have all these things going on where all these players, you spend all this time going into their homes, convincing their parents that this is where you want to go, and then they're gone. And it's not like it was in the old days where you'd get guys to stay for even two years. Right. I mean, you Duke had a history to a point to where most guys were at least staying at least two years, and then it started mm-hmm. getting the one-and-dones. Mm-hmm. And it all changed in that aspect. And I just don't think Krzyzewski wants to do it anymore. And he's he's 74 years old, right. for God's sakes. Why, my question has been, why would you? Yeah. If you're Mike Krzyzewski or Roy Williams or mm-hmm. Lon Kruger or Tom Izzo or Steve, uh, Steve Beheim. Who's Steve <laughs> Beheim? Is that his brother? Does he have Stevie a brother Beheim? Stevie I, Beheim? I don't believe he does. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> old Stevie Beheim, you know. Uh, the evil old, twin brother right, of right. Jim Beheim. Uh, old Jim Beheim. You you got all of these coaches yeah. that have just, it, it just doesn't work that way anymore. Mm-mm. And it's going to take a whole lot more. You know, for years, I have to imagine that these guys have, I mean, they've been taking a little bit of a step back on the recruitment trail. Right. And that's not what they're used to. They're Mm -hmm. used to, you know, being in the thick of things, always being the guy, you Mm -hmm. know, not saying that that Mike Krzyzewski was ever not the guy at Duke. I'm not saying that by any means. But what I am saying is with the name, image, and likeness thing that's getting ready to come down the pike, and we're going to talk about the evolution of that coming up later on in the program, um, with just the the transfer portal, trying to keep your guys there and also recruit the guys that are in the transfer portal because, honestly, if you're not playing the game, yeah. then you're going to be behind the eight ball. It's become a 365-day-a-year thing, which was already an already like big-time thing to go out and recruit these guys. But with the transfer portal, you're adding that aspect. Now that you have to have guys who are scouting other programs for guys at lower programs, the mid-major programs, where that's a whole other thing, where they're talking about where the mid-majors are talking about not even going and playing these big games because they don't want to, you know, present their good right. players to the other teams and, like, come and snatch them away. Right. So it's just gotten to the point, I think, that it was time. I thought when Roy retired that it was a inevitable thing mm-hmm. to happen. Mm-hmm. I like that he's deciding to coach one more year because he deserves 
<coughs> excuse me, he deserves that going away. You know, the whole thing. The rocking chair tour? The whole thing. He deserves every single bit of it. Right. Now, from a other's perspective, I, you know, this just makes me smile. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's hard not to find a little bit of joy in the change that's getting ready to come at Duke because Duke has constantly been one of those programs that you just can't, you can't get over the hump with them. Yeah. You, you know... I don't know. To to me, it is obviously a sign of a huge era shift yep. in college basketball. Um, but you know, you can't really you can't really say anything bad about Mike Krzyzewski. Or at least I can't. Nobody. Uh, you and, can't and really. You can say that you don't like Duke, but you can't right. say that you don't respect Mike Krzyzewski. For God's sake, he's Coach K. I mean, what he did with the not only Duke program, but what he did with USA basketball. Mm-hmm. Those guys loved him. Every one of them loved him. Every one of them talked about, like, even, like, Kobe, LeBron, all of them all said that if they went to college, they would have gone to Duke because they wanted to play for Coach K. Mm -hmm. They've all said it. Here's, it's just, what I'm a little bit worrisome is. Okay. What can John Shire do for this program (laughs) that, you know, this is huge. Mm -hmm. You, You are now trying to fill the shoes of the greatest Mm -hmm. and the amount of pressure that's going to be on to you. Now let's talk about John Shire just a little bit. He has been the number one recruiter for this team. Yes, he has. He recruited Jason Tatum. He got Zion Williamson. Mm -hmm. He got all these guys to come here. So he has his finger on the pulse of the younger, this new generation of a unification of basketball. And, you know, he's been a guy that we talked about when Roy retired, we had a discussion about, what if Mike? What if Coach K leaves? Who would be his replacement? And I think that John Shire was like one and two on our list. It was surprising to see that he's only thirty three years old. I thought he was thirty three. Thirty three years old. Really? Yeah. I thought he was older than that. I thought he was a little bit older than that too. But I remember John Shire playing. I mean, I, mean, I had I a good. I had a. So. I had a good friend growing up that I played basketball with. His name was John Shire. So the John Shire name always kind of stuck with me. But. He was a scrappy Duke guy mm-hmm. that everybody hated because, you know, everybody hates Duke players. Right. You know, he was on the lines of the Christian Leitners and the Steve Olderkowskis mm-hmm. and, the, you know, J.J. Raddicks and everybody. Um, I think he's going to do a good job, and I think this is what's going to happen. You're going to see this turn for some of these elder statements that are going to retire, and I think the first thing they're going to do is these programs are going to be looking to former players that have been assistant coaches either elsewhere or on that bench. Possibly, I, I I mean, I think it only works for a certain number of schools. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Carolina. Yeah. Roy Williams, Dean Smith, the coaching tree is huge. Mm-hmm. For Duke, the coaching tree is huge. Mm-hmm. And you can turn to pretty much anybody and say, hey, we got this opportunity. Would you like to be the guy? Now, obviously, there are going to be guys that go, no, I yeah. don't want a piece of that. Uh-huh. I don't want to be the guy that follows the guy because that's going to, you know, they're going to expect Duke basketball to remain a top level program. Right. And I don't expect that they're going to fall off. That's not what I'm saying. But yeah. John Shire at 33 years old, that's a lot to ask. Oh, my God. I can't imagine the pressure he's under. Like, 
And I think that that also is going to help his situation out that Coach K is deciding to go for another year. If he mm-hmm. would have just at the end of last year to said, I'm done. But do you think, but here's the thing, do you think Mike Krzyzewski is ever going to leave one of his guys feeling like he's not ready? Absolutely not. This and that, is that's already why a he's conversation that they've already had. Oh, I'm sure. He's already sat down with John Shire and said, look, I, I would like for you to take over this yes. program. I'm going to be done. Uh, I think you've, uh, you know, I think you've got a great coach inside of you. Yeah, and this could be a real opportunity for you to, you know, land f- just feet first in the fire. Right, go. And there was like, and you knew this was coming too because there's reports coming out that they reached out to Tommy Amaker from Harvard, mm-hmm. and they, re- you know, I'm sure they did their due diligence. They probably talked to Woj. Wojciechowski, even though he did not do very well up there in Marquette. <laughs> no. But but things were there. Uh, this happened with, you know, Syracuse a few years back when they called Mike Hopkins their coach and waiting because he was their best recruiter. He ended up not wanting to wait any longer because <laughs> Bayham was supposed to retire like five, ten years ago. Right. Um, and he, you know, he's out in Washington now. And I think he didn't do such a good job out there that they could easily bring him back. Mm-hmm. But there's also guys in the bench. There's talk about Jerry McNamara being the player. Uh, he's been on the bench for a while. Okay. Out of Syracuse, there is a large group of folks that are saying that if Jim does retire, that Jerry McNamara might get that job. That would be pretty cool. I think that would be very similar to what we're seeing here with mm-hmm. John Shire. Mm-hmm. Um Carolina turned it over from Roy Williams to Hubert Davis. Uh-huh. You got Duke turning it over from Mike Shashevsky to uh, John Shire. So keeping it in the family for Syracuse, yeah, that could make sense. Yeah, I think that's what they're. But you know, again, we're here. To I talk am kind of shocked, though. I am kind of shocked that it ends up being John Shire. Who I did you? Who kn- did you have? Who did you think would be? I thought it would be Bobby Hurley. Okay. I really thought that they would be able to call Bobby Hurley and say, "Look, I know you're, you know, you're ingrained there in Arizona State. You know, your record hasn't been great, but he's trying to build a program there. Hey, how about come back and 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 take over this program?" And, and, to me, he was number 1 on the list. Right. And I think we had this very same discussion with Bobby Hurley about why we were talking about other guys for the Carolina job and why they ended up with Hubert Davis. Because he has not done great in Arizona State, when he's going into these homes or you're competing for these other recruits, you don't want the other recruiter being like, why would you want to go play for him? He hasn't done anything in Arizona State. With John Shire, you don't have that sort of benchmark, and all you can say is, let's continue this tradition here at Duke. Same thing at Carolina with Hubert Davis. I'm part of this tradition. I've been here. I've won a national championship. I've been an assistant coach. Mm -hmm. Um, And... This and he won a, a national championship as an assistant coach as well, and I think that helps these guys going into the recruiters to not have to play that other game. And I think that's part of the reason why maybe I mean I don't know they probably could have reached out to Bobby Hurley. I don't under I don't know, and that would have been really cool actually. I'm sure they did. Yeah, uh, I don't think that this is a decision that gets made without those phone calls being made, without calling Bobby Hurley, without calling, uh, you know, Steve Wojcikowski, and Tommy uh, Amaker, and, and, and right, Tommy Johnny Amaker, Dawkins, Johnny Dawkins, Chris Collins. I mean, he, Mike Bray at Notre Dame. Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't know if they would have called Mike Bray. He's got a he's he's got his own stuff going he's, at Notre Dame. He's, he's, he's doing know. he's doing things. There. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know that he was high on that list, and maybe maybe they didn't have to go far down that maybe they only had two or three candidates that they were 
you know, we'll call Tommy. We'll talk to Tommy. Yeah. We'll call Steve. Just check in with him. We're not going to offer him the job, but at least we're going to check in. Hey, we know you're out of a job right now. Just want to let you know some things going on over here. And it would have been, it's probably, Coach K was probably like, let's do the good thing. Let's write, because you don't want to be those guys like, hey, why didn't they even give me a call? You also don't want to give them ammo. You don't want to give anyone ammo. Like you said on the recruiting trail against other recruiters, you don't want to, you don't want to have a guy come into this job immediately and be behind the eight ball. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Does it... Is it worse to have a guy with no head coaching experience take over the job of a legend because the expectations might be lower? Or is it better to have a guy with head coaching experience for him not to have had great records? I think it's the the the, the before. Right. I think it's easier you for you. And this way, you know, you get you can give John Shire a few years leeway. Mm-hmm. This isn't some the situation where you know, if he doesn't win in a couple years, you start looking elsewhere. I think this buys him at least a whole entire class of recruiting. I think this buys him four years at least. Now, I don't, I can't see Duke just falling off the face of the planet just because no. Coach K left. I mean, it's, it's still Duke University. Mm-hmm. Um, they still I wonder, have all the boosters yeah. to pay all the players, yeah. and so that's gonna be fun. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> yeah, there's duffel bags worth of money just being dropped off in Adidas bags, but hey, nobody knows that. Zion's family's pretty well off before they were. Um, we, uh, this is another thing we talked about, uh, the assistant coaches. Now, after this, do they keep Chris Carwell, Nolan Smith on the bench? I think that's the way to go. Yeah. I think everybody stays intact much you like know, it did at Carolina. Yeah. You know, and you, I, you, you, you hire somebody from the staff. They keep the staff pretty much intact. There will be some additions. I, I won't be surprised if Wojciechowski well, I would, is going to end up on the staff. That's what I was staff. just going to say. It would be, it, I think that's an automatic that he comes back and he's on there because he is the one who will have some sort of head coaching experience mm-hmm. on that bench. Um, and that's what I'm saying. Maybe that's a good thing for him and coming in and being like, okay, let me help this kid out. Right. You know, I mean, so, and he, I mean, Wojciechowski was the assistant coach mm-hmm. at Duke when John Shire was playing there. So they have a history together. I think that would be a good situation for him. So I could see 100% him joining the staff. Probably this year, on, under some sort of capacity, he'll be like the strength and training coach or something like that. Or could very well be, you know. So it's just, you know, it's it's this is the end of an era. It's the mm-hmm. end of an era, especially for ACC basketball. Losing Roy Williams and Mike Shashevsky in consecutive years is a huge blow to this area. It's it's something that you just you saw coming. And now we're going to have to see. It's just going to be weird watching a Duke game without Coach K on the sideline, looking like Splinter. Teaching his turtles. <laughs> right. You know? Uh, when well, I well, found them in the sewer. <laughs> We're not going to have to deal with that at least for uh, one more basketball season. Because Coach <laughs> K, if you're just joining us, I'm Tank Spencer. Brian yes, Haynes sir. filling in for Jeremy Green today here in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, it has been announced that this is going to be his final season. So after this 2021-2022 basketball season, he will be calling it quits. He will mm-hmm. be retiring, walking away from the Duke Blue Devils. John Shire yep. is going to be taking over as uh, the head coach. He is going to be named head coach in waiting mm-hmm. for this season. So obviously he's got one year to really, you know, pick it up, get what you need to get from Mike and uh and we'll there we go. Fresh I mean, he's got the number 2023. one 2023. He's got the number one recruiting class coming in this year. 
Uh, wouldn't it be such a Coach K thing to do to go out there and win the damn national championship? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like just go out there and say, you know what? I'm just going to go out in a blaze of glory. John Shire's le- recruiting team that's number one in the country, and they go out and they win the championship. Yeah, the second longest tenured coach in college basketball is going to call it quits at the end of this season. And I won't be shocked if number one on that list calls yes. it quits after this year as well. Talking about your buddy Jimmy Bates yeah, from Syracuse. He gets the right out of the all, glory as well. All in North Carolina should hate him uh, forever and ever <laughs> and ever. Uh, <laughs> uh, but don't don't be surprised if the announcement comes from Jim Beheim soon. Don't be surprised if Tom Izzo is next in line. He's been the head coach at Michigan State since 95. I think, you know what's so funny? Bayheim and Krzyzewski are such good friends. They are. They. I mean, he was assistant coach with them in USA Basketball and everything. Bayheim's the kind of guy that would not announce it because he wouldn't want to overshine Coach K. Right. He wouldn't announce it till the end of the season. I, I just know that I know the guy he is. I just knew he wouldn't do it because he wouldn't want to take away from Coach K's shine. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, Bayheim retiring is as big of a deal as Coach K, but in some circles of the basketball <laughs> universe it is. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say it's it, it's it's in the it's in the same category. In the realm. Maybe not in the same tier. Yeah. But they're at least in the same yeah, category. You're in the sports tank <laughs> with Jeremy Green here on ESPN Asheville. You're in the Sports Tank. What are you people? On dope? It's ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400 Tank Spencer. Brian Haynes. Yes, sir. Here with you in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere live and on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Uh, Big news of the day, obviously, Mike Krzyzewski announcing that he is going to be retiring at the end of this next basketball season. You know, it's hard to imagine that in 2021, we still have four coaches in college basketball that are holdovers from the 80s. Think about that. Yeah, I mean, you got you got Jim Beheim, who's uh-huh. the longest tenured in college basketball, started 76-77 yeah. at Syracuse. Yeah. Uh then you had uh, Mike Shishovsky 80-81 at Duke. Then you've got uh Greg Campy from uh from Oakland, the oh. Oakland Golden Grizzlies. They've made He's a couple been tournament since 84-85. Wow. And then uh the last one from down in the Charlotte area, Bob McKillop at oh. Davidson's been there since eighty nine ninety. Yeah, he was so lucky to get <laughs> Steph Curry. <laughs> I mean, would anybody know who Bob McKillop is if it wasn't for Steph Curry? I mean, we would locally because Davidson has well, been, you know, I don't. been in the Southern Conference. We're we're familiar yeah, with the small this conference. area nationwide. No, no, not a single person, <laughs> not one single person. I mean, I think there would be. There would, there would be a much smaller group. Yes, How about that? Yes, we'll say it, we'll say yes. it that way. Um, but yeah, uh, Mike Krzyzewski no longer going to be the head coach of the Duke men's basketball team after this upcoming season. You think about the big jobs that have changed hands. Uh, obviously, Carolina, yeah. Hubert Davis taking over for Roy Williams. You had the Shaka Smart thing, Shaka Smart. No mm-hmm. longer in Texas. Chris Beard moved from Texas Tech to Texas. Yeah, Shaka Smart taking over for uh, for Steve Wojciechowski at Marquette. 
Tommy Lloyd gets the job for Arizona after Sean Miller, thankfully, was gone. Yeah, the other Miller brother gone from yeah, Indiana. Yeah. Mike Woodson takes over there. We had some big programs that have made Huge big decisions. programs with new names. Yeah, and Lon, Lon Kruger right. retires. Porter Moser obviously moves over from the Cinderella story over to a Big 12 program. We'll I think Porter Moser is going to do a pretty good job. And then, of course, in Cincinnati, yeah. uh, where Wes Miller goes from UNC Greensboro to the Cincinnati Bearcats, taking over for the uh, well, the, the, the troubled tenure of John Brennan. Yeah, there bit. in Cincinnati, a little, a little trouble. It's just it's been a wild off season in college basketball. I don't think that the Tar Heels or the Blue Devils could have done it any better. Yeah. I know, I know. I was the guy that said, hey, Tar Heels are going to call Brad Stevens. You, you <laughs> bet your bottom dollar he's going to be getting a phone call. I imagine he did get a phone oh, call. He 100% got a phone call. I would imagine so. However, they wanted to keep it in the family, go with Hubert Davis. And, you know, he Carolina didn't hire Brad Stevens. Indiana apparently offered Brad Stevens a bajillion dollars. The world. Yeah, and he said no. A house made of gold. And now we're finding out <laughs> why. The other big news of the day, Yeah, apparently Brad Stevens no longer going to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. We'll talk about that coming up later on in the program. We'll uh, we'll probably hit that after the top of the hour. But first, we're going to get just a bit outside. Oh, yeah. The Sports Tag. Just a bit outside. All right, here's the 411, folks. Uh, I believe the last time I was in the studio with you, uh, Brian, was mm-hmm. uh, you, Caleb was over here yes, running the board, yes, and I was sitting over there, and we were talking about this Floyd Mayweather-Logan Paul fight. Oh, God. And how much I really, really just want Floyd Mayweather to go out there and demolish Logan Paul so that we can stop it with all of this YouTuber-turned-boxer nonsense. Yeah, no. Well, today it has been announced that uh, there will be no judges for the exhibition fight. There will not be announcing a winner or a loser should uh, it go the full three rounds, I think is uh, is what it's slated for. Um, however, one of the changes from these exhibition fights that we have seen, they are going to allow knockouts. Okay. Which leads me to believe (laughs) that Floyd Mayweather wanted that written into the contract. I don't have inside information into this, but what I'm saying is after the whole hat thing and he got punked basically by the Paul brothers, Floyd Mayweather's not too happy about this. And I have to imagine that Floyd is thinking the same way I'm thinking. I can put a stop to all of this. Yes. I will be the guy. It would be glorious. Uh, For me to just basically put an end to it all. I want this more than I've ever wanted anything more in my entire life. Because if I have to see another one of these guys out here acting like they are a professional boxer because they've knocked out a YouTuber, a former basketball player, and a wrestler from the UFC who came in 450 (laughs) pounds overweight and (laughs) took an amazing dive. Like, I'm so tired of this. Floyd Mayweather needs to go in there and he needs to hit him with a 14-piece combo right off the ding, ding, ding of the bell, uh-huh. put him on his you-know-what, yep. and call it a night and yep. walk out of there with his millions and millions and millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. It's going to be this Sunday at Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens. Showtime pay-per-view 
It is Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul. Again, no judges. However, they have said a stoppage can occur, which means Floyd Mayweather has the green light to beat him senseless. And I hope to the Lord that he absolutely does it. Yes. It's the only way that I want to see this end. Because he's already been talking about, uh, oh, I could fight the other brother, too. Yeah. You know, because Jake was Jake Paul was the one that Knocked stole his hat, his hat yeah. and yep. all of that. And mm-hmm. then got the tattoo of, hey, I stole your hat. Oh, I really want this to happen. I want him to destroy Logan. And then and then there'd be to be a just short beef between... Floyd Mayweather and Jake, and you know, and and for Floyd to say, you know what, let's set this up for next week. Yeah, next week we'll do it again. We'll just we'll fire it up. Well, he's already fighting Tyrone Woodley now, so oh, which uh, is I mean ridiculous. I just, yeah, I'm, Jake I'm, Paul is going to now fight Tyrone Woodley, uh-huh. who's one of the best fighters in UFC history. Yeah, again, it's going to be a boxing match. Yeah, a good feeling though. Tyrone Woodley's not taking a dive like Ben. Asked. Oh, I don't think he is. John Paul, Rand Paul, Brian Paul, this Paul, I don't care what Paul it is. Let's just get them out of our eyesight forever. (laughs) Unfortunately, that's not going to happen, but there will be 12-ounce gloves, no headgear, no judges, and there will be the opportunity to have a knockout in this Sunday's fight between Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. So... Coach K was not the only person to announce his retirement from basketball today. Really? Yes. Miles. Was it LeBron? LeBron was that upset. He walked off the court right. with five minutes left, and it was over He's for like, him. It's over. I, no. I realize we got one game to go in this series before we get uh, you know kicked out of the playoffs. But yeah, I just got to call it quits. I can't do it. Uh, no, this is going to be shocking to you. Okay. Miles Garrett oh, has Miles decided Garrett. to retire from the game of basketball. But, but but why? He his coach Kevin Stevansi declared Wednesday that Miles Garrett's basketball career is over officially. Um, he retired. The Cleveland Browns coach said when asked if he was okay with his star pass rusher playing so much pickup basketball this off season. So congratulations on a great career for Miles. Really proud of him, but he's done. Basically, what he was saying was, Miles, I can't have you blowing your knee out on the basketball court. I need you to be healthy so that you can take people's heads off. Right. Um, he's done that before. Um, here's the thing. It's a, it's such a sad day. I mean, I think this is probably bigger news than the Coach K retirement. No. I mean, Miles Garrett was an up-and-coming guy who was thinking about playing, you know, he was sending videos to Mark Cuban, asking if they needed a big guard. You know, he's got videos out there of him going behind the back and dunking over a couple guys at the YMCA who are his names are Fred Flintstone and Barney Rubble. <laughs> and, you know, it's just really, really funny. And I just thought it was a little funny, especially on a day where Coach K retires. That, uh, right. Miles Garrett decides not to say, you know. Uh, I retired from the game of so basketball. This, so this came from Miles or this came from Stefanski? Well, you know, after... His Twitter handle, um, Flash Garrett, he said that um, he after he posted that video of him going behind the back and dunking on two Flintstones, yeah. he said, I, I'm going back to football. And then they asked Stefanski about it today, and I'm sure that there was a conversation prior to this. And he was saying, yeah, no, right. he's he's retired. He doesn't right. play basketball anymore. Right. Yeah, I mean, basketball is <laughs> great cardio and everything. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, at the rate that we see <laughs> players in the NBA who are actually trained to be basketball players getting hurt left and right, 
Not saying Miles Garrett is by any means as uh, brittle and uh, no. tender as Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid or anybody else in the NBA. Can you imagine? Because we like, know all basketball yeah. players are soft, but <laughs> it's tissue paper. Uh huh. Especially street clothes, Davis. <laughs> That's his new nickname. That's his new nickname Jer- Jeremy Green has decided this morning on the Sportsocracy every morning at nine a.m. on YouTube. Check us out. Um, there is a. So Charles Barkley last night basically called Anthony Davis street clothes, and Jeremy said it was the funniest thing he's ever said. I agree with him 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, so from this day forth, we no longer refer to Anthony Davis as Anthony Davis or AD or the Unibrow or anything above that way. He is now known as street clothes. Street clothes. Street clothes. That's right. But, yeah, I, I'm assuming that the Browns had a conversation with Garrett because can you imagine if Miles Garrett – Tore his ACL on a basketball card at the YMCA. Well, I this mean, weird stuff only happens to baseball players. Yeah, so well, we I don't know. It's the Browns, NFL. though. That's something that would happen to the Browns in a year where they're going to have the greatest year oh, no doubt. in their franchise history. Miles Garrett blows his ACL at a local YMCA. Right. You know, at the mistake by the lake. I will say it is still one of the most uh, one of the most picturesque dunks I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, just to see a guy who is built like Popeye the Sailor Man. Jesus, he's an individual. Right? Oh my God! Just, just jamming <laughs> on dudes. He is. He does not look like there is an ounce of fat on that dude anywhere. I mean, not he is a large, large individual. I would not want to meet him in a dark I cannot, alley. I cannot blame Kevin Stefanski yeah. or whoever else yeah. was involved in this decision to get Miles Garrett to get off of the pickup basketball court to focus solely on football because this is this is one team that I'm not going to be shocked. I'm not going to be shocked if they're there at the end. I I know it. They they seem to have the pieces together. Finally, if Baker Mayfield can be just serviceable, which he was last year, if he can be like he was the second half of the season, not coming in the second half of the Kansas City game, which they should have won after Patrick Mahomes went down. Yeah, but I mean, there's just the move after move after move. It just every time something happened this off season in the draft, we were like, mm-hmm. oh my god, look at the what it just. This is a team that is stacked. They're deep, and it's going to go as far as Baker Mayfield. Yep. And it's but can Baker Mayfield be like a Brad Johnson, for instance, that led a Tampa Bay to a Super Bowl? Can he be a Trent Dilfer, where you're not asking him to do too much and just let the pieces around you fall? I don't think he has to do that much. I think if he tries to do too much, they're going to be in trouble. I know Jeremy Green's going to rankle if he hears me say this, but uh-huh. yes, he can. Oh he man, can. I think Baker Mayfield can be serviceable enough to win a Super Bowl. Now, obviously, it's not going to happen this year yeah. because of the repeat. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it just—it took me a second <laughs> for wondering. that. To, it took me a second for that to compute, and then I just right. realized how insufferable you are right, as a Bucks we, fan. We've already decided twenty twenty one is over. Uh, it's going to be twenty and zero. Tom Brady mm-hmm. and the Tampa no. Bay Buccaneers are going to repeat as champions. So twenty twenty two—that's the window. Do you by we? Do you mean the royal we? The royal <laughs> we. Okay. Yeah, this yeah. is this yeah. is the the me the tank yeah. we <laughs> the tank we. Yeah. Okay. We have already decided yeah. this is over. Not the. There's Wii. no reason to N- even not play the Nintendo season. Wii. If you just wanted to go ahead and give the Lombardi Trophy to the Buccaneers, I would mm-hmm. be, I, I would be okay with that. That would, I just really would, be a very Tom Brady thing to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we've yeah, we've decided since Tom Brady is just that awesome that we've just decided to forget about the NFL season. We're going to go ahead and give him the Lombardi Trophy already. Exactly, and that's. Oh, I mean, save everybody a whole lot of trouble. 
We don't have to deal with any more injuries. No more worrying about Dak Prescott, whether or not he's going to make it through a whole season. Uh, just, just call it quits now. Yeah. He, everyone should just bow and, 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 and admit. I just, I got this feeling that rematch against the Redskins in the regular season is going to be one of the those football team. Oh gosh. I'm so sorry. Yeah. That's, see, that, that's a terrible thing to do. That. I can't believe I just said that. That's crazy. Anyways, <laughs> the Washington football team uh-huh. when they when they replay them, I just I got this feeling I uh, we're gonna see Tom Brady on his backo all game along. Uh, that's one. That's one game. Yeah. Uh, well, that's try to the come late, up that's, with more. that's that's the game that they are gonna destroy Tom Brady. It is. <laughs> oh, and his, I see. I see. His aura of invincibility will be over oh, sure. when, when the WFT takes sure, him down. Sure. I yeah, mean, Chase it Young can all in his face. He's 44 years old. He couldn't he can break at any moment. There's no doubt about it. He's already uh, you know, he's already broken the leg once. Maybe he'll miss the rest of the season, but then Kyle Trask just comes in and takes over and it's all <laughs> I mean, it's all over but the crying. Bling ever. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> Day one, this is uh, Kyle Trask is the immediate backup. He's the quarterback in waiting He's in Tampa Bay. He's got to be. I can't imagine if you would have to turn over the team to Blaine Gabbard or Ryan Griffin. Yeah. Blech. No, thank you. Yeah. Uh, as we talked at the top of the program, big news today, Mike Krzyzewski has announced that this is going to be his last season as the head coach of the Duke Blue Devils. John Shire is going to take over for him. Um, but it's, it's just another announcement that comes in the ever-changing world of college basketball, where the older coaches are seeing the game and the way the game is recruited change yeah and it's all tied into the name image and likeness stuff and play basically um player empowerment yes i have seen people talk about this for the last couple of years that player empowerment is like the worst thing that ever happened to college sports i don't buy into it I think that it is going to be a challenge, obviously. We don't know what all the parameters are going to have to be, but it's about time. It's about time the NCAA got smacked in the face and said, this amateurism model that you have Mm -hmm. is BS. It is. Complete and utter BS and has been since 1955 or whenever it was that back in the 50s, whenever the NCAA came around and they came up with the term student athlete. Yeah. No, stop it. Yeah. Now with the name, image, and likeness stuff coming, we know it's coming. There's yeah. federal bills that are being debated. There, uh, The NCAA is having their meeting at some point this month, I believe it is, to talk right. about the name, image, and likeness of what their rules can look like. It's going to come sooner rather than later. Uh, on top of the college athlete, athletes bill of rights bills that are being going, that are being tossed around and debated about name, image, and likeness, allowing the players to capitalize, uh, on their marketability basically while they're in college. There has also been a new bill that has been introduced that is the college athletes right to organize bill co-authored by Chris Murphy. Democratic senator from Connecticut, and of course, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> Bernie Sanders and Chris Murphy have co authored the uh, Right to Organize bill, which is, yes, yes, you guessed it, unions. 
Now, we talked about this years ago on this program, back when we were on WWNC just on Saturday. So I think it was, what, 2015 when the athletes from Northwestern mm-hmm. decided that they were going to try to push this thing and, and try to get a union together so they could collectively bargain for things that were very, very important back yeah. then. Things like, oh, I don't know, your scholarship completely covering everything. Yeah. Because people didn't know that... Your scholarship didn't cover all of your costs. Yeah. Uh, you know, you still had fees and things that you had to pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, but since that push to unionize, mm-hmm. there have been some some uh, evolution. Yeah. In college sports, where they did pick up the full bill on uh, you know kids or uh, athletes attending college, they have done so many things, giving insurance to players, things like that. But now, as money comes into play and all the mm-hmm. players are going to be able to sign endorsement deals with companies, they want to be able to have the right to organize. Right. And I don't know. I, I see this and go, let's wait. Mm-hmm. Let's wait and see how this goes. It's taking so long for them to get to this point. If, if you remember, this, this whole thing kind of started, and maybe there was talks before that but it really came to light with ed o'bannon mm-hmm. bringing out when he was talking about i'm playing with myself on a college basketball game that just made like 10 million dollars in the last six months and i don't get a single cent from it nope so they were i mean that was the downfall of the college games as they had them because they were no longer allowed to use the guy's numbers and stuff like that and made it really 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 weird right um, and then you had these things, and I remember it like bright as day. I remember Jay Billis being on, and this was when Johnny Manziel was at Texas A&M, and he was talking about how he's like, this is ridiculous, how he actually, they're oh, we're not selling Johnny Manziel's jerseys. We're selling Texas A&M number two jerseys. Yep. But Jay Billis was on SportsCenter on a computer and searched Johnny Manziel Texas A&M jersey, and the first thing that came up was from the university and the number two Johnny Manziel jersey mm-hmm. on there. And he was saying, how is this is fair? So a lot of these things have been in motion for a very, very long time. What I would say about the unionization is we were talking about this a little bit earlier. Let's back it up just a little bit. We haven't even started with the name, image, and likeness stuff right now. We haven't, the ink's not even dry on the paper yet. Mm-hmm. The, and, uh, the ink's not even on the paper. Yeah. They haven't even written right, the rules right, yet. Exactly. And so what I would, what I would say is, and, and I think this is something that could be talked about for the future. I don't, when you have situations where people are, you have an ability for these college basketball players to be taken advantage of in these situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was this talk about how, we were just we were talking about this what a couple of weeks ago where certain players you would be putting your money into a pool and that would go you know throughout you know to the seventh best volleyball player that rides the pine right um, and I thought you know there that was the thing where maybe down the line if this these kind of things happen you would need someone to protect that mm-hmm. for you I just would like to see let's see how this works first. And then we can move on because we've been working towards this for such a long time. I think if we just start throwing everything at the wall and it just, it just gets too much and it's going to be too confusing and it's going to end up hurting what the original plan of this whole thing is, is to make sure that these athletes are compensated for what they should be compensated for, Mm -hmm. that they're allowed to go make an endorsement deal. They're allowed to go to the, you know, the used car lot and cut a commercial for the local business and get paid for it. 
you know, so that they can do these things and not just be able to, they can't even have a, hold a job that makes a couple extra bucks so they can buy a pizza, for God's sakes. You right. know what I mean? So I just don't want this to be confusing. I want this to work out the right way. I just think we need to back it up just yeah. a slight bit. I, I think it's going to be confusing regardless. Mm-hmm. I don't think giving them the ability to organize is the right thing to do as soon as all of this is done. And maybe that maybe that's the wrong way to think about it. Maybe it is this whole new system comes in and we should just jump full on right into it. Give them the ability to to organize and, and collective bargain and all that kind of stuff. The, the new bill is going to establish each athletic conference mm-hmm. as the entity. Mm-hmm. So it will be all ACC players will be in the ACC Players Association. Yeah. And then the Players Association will go and they will do the negotiations with the actual conference on things like compensation and their the, how many hours they can practice and the, all of that stuff that yeah. we have at the NFL level obviously is things that can be uh, collectively bargained at you know the college level, level right? Yeah. I just I, I I don't know. Did you see the? I, I, because here's the thing that comes with with unions. Yes. What comes with unions? Strikes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's God. what happens next. Yeah. And you that, give them the uh-huh. ability to organize as one, uh-huh. and then we have labor strife. Yeah. In college football, and I think that could be very, very bad for the game. Mm-hmm. However, you look at it on the player side of the argument of we need a voice to to go and represent us. Yeah. And, you know, in true NCAA form, they quickly responded to this bill saying, college athletes are students and not employees of their college or university. Dumb. The bill will directly undercut the purpose of college, which is earning a degree. Stop. Listen, stop, stop it. it. You're making money off of these guys. Mm-hmm. They are entitled to a piece of that pie. It's it's It seems to be unbelievable to me. And anybody with a brain or an IQ higher than salad dressing, as our good friend Jeremy Green likes to say right. all the time, that if somebody's jersey's being sold with their number on it before that reason, they should be able to get some sort of money from that. Yeah. If they go and they do a spot for a TV thing or any sort of commercial or radio commercial or anything, they should be able to get paid for it. Oh, they're student athletes, you say. Yeah. They're not employees, you say. Yeah. The bill covers that as well. We'll tell you about that <laughs> yeah. up next right here on ESPN. Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. That's ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. Yes. I had to play the Shane O'Mac. You let us Shane O'Mac, baby. Uh, because, uh, look, there's a lot of money involved in college sports. Yeah. And let's face it, uh, the term student athlete is outdated. It has been outdated for years, and the NCAA is now just being forced to recognize that it is outdated. Uh, they have they have made some changes because they've been sued up and down yeah. for the last uh, you know oh I don't know thirty years it feels like, uh, <laughs> and so they have allowed students to be able to get extra benefits, uh, student athletes, excuse me, to get extra benefits from their colleges, uh, you know stipends. Uh, 
uh, unlimited meals, uh, extra tutoring, things like that. That's only that's this stuff has only come in the last few years mm-hmm. that they've been allowing student athletes to have this. They continue to step back and say they're not employees; they're student athletes. They're students first, and they're not employees. Okay. Um, well, are you giving them something of value for their time, work, and effort? To me, that makes them an employee. I don't care if you're just trading out a scholarship for them. You're making millions and millions of dollars off of them, and they need to be re- recognized as employees. That's exactly what this bill would do. The uh, The new bill that has been introduced, um, written by, in part, by Bernie Sanders, uh, <laughs> that that it will basically reverse the National Labor Relations Act, at least the part when it comes to college athletes, and say that they are, in fact, employees of the school, and they would thereby be allowed by the NLRB to unionize, to create an organization that can collectively bargain benefits for those athletes. I don't know that it's a great idea doing it right off the rip. Mm -hmm. I think maybe it should wait for a while. Not a big fan of unions per se, but they are used all over in sports. Yeah. And as soon as the, as soon as it comes though, as soon as money gets involved, as soon as unions get involved, we know what's going to happen next. Yep. There comes the labor strife. Yep. There comes the strikes. There comes the, oh, do we know if there's going to be an ACC season this year? Because all of the players are upset that they have to practice too much. That's going to be the next step in college sports, but it's, it is what it is. We got another hour of the program yes, coming on the way. Sports Center is next. This is the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. You look at my numbers, I'm I'm balling. Beer City's best sports talk is on the air. Get involved. Call 252-4348. Tweet the show at Sports Tank ESPN. The Sports Tank. Come get you some of this. Can't wait. It is ESPN Asheville 92.9 FM, 880 AM, 1400. The Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere, live or on demand on the iHeartRadio app. This hour of the program, as always, brought to you by Wicked Weed Brewing. Check them out at wickedweedbrewing.com. Wicked Weed Brewing. Drink different. Filling in for Jeremy this afternoon, Mr. Brian Haynes of Sportsocracy fame. Absolutely. Don't forget you can uh, check him out just about every morning in the Sportsocracy on YouTube. Check us out at thesportsocracy.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Hit up the Patreon as well. we got all that fun stuff right there on thesportsocracy.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Big news today was Mike Krzyzewski obviously announcing that he is not going to to be coaching – the Duke men's basketball team passed this season. This will be his last year as the head coach. John Shire will take over. Then, uh, you know, but, but before that yeah. news came out, mm-hmm. it was announced that Danny Ainge may not be with the Boston Celtics anymore. And then it was announced that Brad Stevens is actually going to take Danny Ainge's job. Yep. In the front office. Yep. And now Brad Stevens is going to be. Organizing the search for a new head coach yep. for the Boston Celtics. I can't say I'm completely surprised. I am a little surprised that Danny Ainge was the one that uh, the axe fell on here. Uh-huh. 
but there again, it may not. Uh, it, it, he he may not have left them any choice. He, At least that's what we're hearing. From what I understand, is that Danny Ainge hit a a head point, so to speak, when <laughs> um, it was. It's been reported uh-huh. that when Kyrie Irving stepped on Lucky's face in mid uh, ha- uh, half court. That after the game, Danny Ainge all fired up like the old 80s NBA player Danny Ainge used to be, went into the locker room trying to recruit players to go into the Brooklyn Nets locker room and do things to Kyrie Irving for stepping on... To confront them. Oh, okay. Confront them uh, by stepping on low. And when he got the reaction that he got from the players, like, eh, not really. Right. Um, He said, I've had enough. I can no longer be involved in this kind of basketball environment. Basically saying that he was pretty much saying that if this would have happened back in my day, oh, yeah. we would have beaten the living you-know-what out of him Oh, absolutely. For doing they would have got Kevin McHale and Robert yep. Parrish and Dennis Johnson, and yep. all those dudes would have just went over to the locker room and just beat the tar out uh, of them. They would have. They would have never. And it, that kind of thing would never happen, which is kind of going towards this thing about the disrespect that these players have. I mean, it's, well, it's just, just so petty. I mean, it's such a different generation, though. It is. It's such a different generation. I think Danny Ainge is saying, you know what? But let's talk about Danny Ainge for a little bit because we talked about a, a little bit on the Sportsocracy every morning at 9 a.m. on YouTube. How much of a failure was Danny Ainge? Now, let's be clear here. He was the one that orchestrated getting Kevin Garnett and Ray Allen to Boston to win that championship. He was the one that orchestrated the trade for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to go to Brooklyn right. when the Russian guy decided, I will give up my entire future for said aging stars, mm-hmm. which led to the beginning of Danny Ainge having more draft picks than anybody in the history of mankind should have and doing absolutely nothing with them. He, year after year after year, was in talks every time a big name came up. It was like, oh, the Boston Celtics can afford him because they have the draft capital. They have the draft capital to get him. They have the draft capital to get him. Mm -hmm. And they stood put, and they held on to those draft picks like they were gold. And look where it got you. It got you to be the fourth or fifth seed in the Eastern Conference for 15,000 years in a row. Mm -hmm. Now, let's be clear here. He did get Jason Tatum. He got Jalen Brown. But like Jeremy Green likes to say, when you have young pieces, what you can get money or you can get people in return for, get rid of them. He wasn't necessarily saying something about Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. He was talking about like Marcus Smart, mm-hmm. those kind of guys where they could have gotten pieces in return for him and just gotten stars. Because in this league, in this time, you need to have stars on your team or you're not going to be able to win. And they didn't have anything. They tried the Kemba Walker experiment. The guy still got two years and $73 million. Holy smokes left on his contract mm-hmm. where he played and missed 29 games, including the last two playoff games. It just seemed like it was enough is enough. What I am extremely surprised about is okay. that Brad Stevens isn't going to be doing the dual role of mm-hmm. head coach and player uh, and head of player operations. Well, that uh, that never works. Well, uh, I mean, Popovich <laughs> has been doing it for quite a long time. Yeah, but I mean, come on, are That's, you trying to put are you trying to put Brad Stevens in the same league as Greg Popovich? I'm not saying it hasn't been. I'm saying it, that it's been done before. Um, 
I now, and this immediately goes into my head, who in the heck's going to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics? You read a report to me this morning, which shocked me that there was already cons- there was already talks out there. Yeah, I mean, I'm, but this is this is not a report. This is uh-huh. just people already uh-huh. throwing out uh-huh. who they want to see take over for Brad Stevens with the Boston Celtics, and Becky Hammond's name came was up. the one that came up. All I, I mean, she was trending this morning yeah. on Twitter. After all of that news came out mm-hmm. that Danny Ainge is going to be stepping down and that Brad Stevens is going to be moving into the uh, uh, the w- the basketball operations job, right? That Becky Hammond should get the shot. Yeah, I mean, I think she's been on the short list for pretty much every job for the last two years. Every her name is the one name that it keeps getting thrown out because people want it. This is yeah. what the people want to see. People want to see this glass ceiling get broken down and Becky Hammond is a perfect choice to be the one to do it. She's going to get a head coaching job. She better in this league at some point. She better because I don't here's the know thing, how if long a you... city like Boston is the right spot now, for see, her. Now see that's where that's where I that's where I came off the rails with this. Yeah. I was like, yeah, Becky Hammond would be a great idea. Wait a minute. Mhm. This is Boston. Yeah. And Boston fans are not known for being easy. Yeah. On and I'm not and I'm not saying she needs to be treated with kid no, gloves no. and all of that, but and what I'm she saying wouldn't, is she wouldn't vitri- want to. No. The vitriol yes. that will come her way if this goes badly, mm-hmm. I think could be worse in Boston than it could be in just about any other right. franchise. It would just seem to me like it would be the perfect thing for Becky Hammond to end up when Greg when Popovich finally retires to mm-hmm. hand it over. And that would be the perfect situation for this glass ceiling to completely break. And it needs to happen because she is an excellent, excellent basketball coach. One hundred percent. If you if you think otherwise, you have zero idea of, of the game of basketball. See, that's how I foresee this going down: is that mm-hmm. Popovich will hand her the reins mm-hmm. when he's done with the Spurs, which could be this off season. And, we don't and, know. and then and well, making making Duncan Tim Duncan the complete mm-hmm. associate head coach. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been on the bench now. It would just be a nice little nice little combo package for right. Pop to do that. I, who else? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to look up right now. <laughs> what, like, I'm sure there's Vegas odds already. But oh, I just, would imagine there are somewhere. It just, it seems crazy that I had this idea that if Brad Stevens wasn't coaching the Boston Celtics, that he would be back in college somewhere. Now, now that he's the head of basketball operations and all that good stuff. You know, he could have a couple more years and he could be back in college from there. Mm-hmm. But it's just, who, man. I, I'm looking up right now. All and, right, so here you go from Sportsline. Okay, you got one. From right. the Sportsline odds makers, the next Celtics head coach, the uh, favorite right now at plus 300 is Sam Cassell. Okay. Makes, He's been on the short sense. list for a makes lot of sense. jobs. So has Chauncey Billups. Oh, Chauncey Billups is at uh, plus four hundred. Has Chauncey been coaching somewhere, or has he just been doing not. NBA TV stuff? Right. I mean, he, he was up for some GM mm-hmm. jobs. Mm-hmm. I know that. Um, it would make sense. I got a feeling it's who else is on that list? <laughs> uh, Jay Laranega <sighs> is at plus five hundred. 
Jason Kidd plus 700, Becky Hammond plus 800, Kenny Atkinson, who was in New Orleans, Mm -hmm. he is on this list, Jeff Van Gundy, Wes Unsailed Jr., Mark Jackson, Lloyd Pierce, Mike D'Antoni, Jerron Collins, Jay Wright. Uh, <laughs> yeah, good. we're not going down this path that, again. Not gonna it's not going to be Jay not Wright. Uh, Jawan Howard. I don't think Jawan Howard would want to leave Michigan. Uh, plus three thousand. Yeah. if you wanted to drop yeah. something on that, and then Rick Patino. Uh, I believe they went down that path before, and they're that not going to do it again. did not go over so well. <laughs> Rick plus, Pitino was like, plus 5, yeah, I'm going to get Tim Duncan. I'm going to get Tim Duncan. I'm going to be so... Uh, the balls fell the wrong right. way. Again, this is at uh, sportsline.com. These um, are their odds Sam on who Cassell could be the next coach. would be a good pick. Jason Kidd, I think, probably deserves another run at a head coaching job. I think he does. I don't know. I, I mean, I, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, before all is said and done, yes, Jason Kidd is going to get another shot to mm-hmm. be a head coach in this league. However, I don't believe he needs to get a, a, a shot ahead of Becky Hammond. Uh, I do not believe that I would put him on my list above Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson is a guy that I can't believe has not gotten a job after it's not like he was a terrible head coach. I mean, he pretty much built that what the early Golden State Warriors were before mm-hmm. Kevin Durant came. That was kind of his thing. Um, I mean, Steph Curry talks about how much of a big influence on his game Mark Jackson was. I, I just don't know. I, I, I have this weird feeling that Boston's going to do something extremely strange, something that we're not going to see. Is there a, a like an assistant coach on the team that would be... I don't know. I just it just seems like it would be something weird for Boston to like who's coaching Boston College right now? Brad. <laughs> like well, remember who's making the call here. Brad Stevens is going to be the guy making the call. He's going to be taking over. He's going to be deciding who gets this job and who doesn't. Now, um do you think that he would consider going with a coach from the college ranks well that's where and jay laranega is a is an assistant coach for the boss right mm-hmm. now that's why his name is on that list um other assistant coaches i don't think i've ever even heard of brandon bailey um joe Mazula, or jerome allen just, ah joe Mazula. Yeah. yeah i remember when he used to play for the yankees back in like the 90s <laughs> or back in the back in the 1960s yeah, right? it was definitely not the 90s it was joe Mazula. oh joey Mazula, you know <laughs> He owned that deli down on down on Fifth Street. <laughs> um, just maybe he goes to college ranks. What if he does go? Uh, name Sean Miller. Sean Miller. Sean Miller. That's a head coach in the in the college ranks. That hey, he needs a job. Look at that. He is not going to get a head coaching job in the NBA after so? what happened in Arizona. Why not? They have no problems with paying players in the yeah, NBA. Yeah, that's true. I guess that's true. I That would just seem like a weird, weird transition. Mm, mm. I don't think it's too out of the realm what of possibility. What other head coaches in the college ranks have been rumored to be getting head coaching jobs in the NBA? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse. Jerry Stackhouse, who's got like a four in the 400 record in Vanderbilt right now. Horrible. It's real bad. Like they were just like not even Carolina was like yeah we're, we're we'll we'll call him because he's he's the former Tar Heel exactly um 
There's been there's names I'm missing. I know that there has been names that I mean Jay Wright gets called out, but I'm mm-hmm. not going to talk about Jay Wright. No, I mean there's just he's already he's already settled. If he was going to take a job, it would have been the Philadelphia yeah. job when it was open. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe that's it. Maybe maybe after Philadelphia gets bounced out of the playoffs here because Joel Embiid is hurt, Doc Rivers will go back to Boston since he can't win a title anywhere else. Brian Scalabrini. The white mamba oh, himself has dropped a bomb. Yeah. And he has said that he thinks that they hire Carol Lawson, who has been a former Celtics assistant. And that would be a glass ceiling breaking, but would it be not really fair if he got the job over <laughs> over Becky Hammond? But she has been in the program mm-hmm. before with the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. and I think Brian Scalabrini's got his hand on the pulse of just about everything there is in Boston. Oh, the I'm guy sure. The guy hasn't probably paid for a single <laughs> meal in about 40 years. If, if he's still living in Boston. Right. I, know, I know he was just playing in the big three not too long ago. Mm-hmm. but um, I just I don't know if Boston is the place where you do that. And I don't, I don't want to sound... It has to be said. Oh, look, I'm a Boston Red Sox fan, and so I'm going to talk as much smack about the city as I want yeah. to because it's been near and dear to my heart since birth. Well, it's, the fans are not the nicest. I mean, Boston's a great place to go and get hammered, but other than that, <laughs> I mean, as an Irish boy, I do like going to Boston and having a good old time. Right. But, but the fans can be harsh and they can be demanding. And, and they if can, it doesn't it work, just, I can just see it just, just going badly. And it's not to say that, you know, Boston's. I still can't, I still can't wrap my head around this whole. You think Danny Ainge was a disaster? I don't think he. He didn't live up to expectations. After, okay, like I said, I did preface it by saying he was the orchestrator of getting their championship to him. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I just felt from that point on, after accumulating as much assets as he had, he had the ability to really do something, and he just held on to those draft picks like they were just, you can't possibly get rid of them. Yeah. And it just didn't turn out. He just, it was year after year after year, there was someone that would come up on the train, and he was unwilling to use any of those pieces to better the team at any point, and he just said, I'm going to draft everybody, and we're going to build this thing around here. And yeah, he got, but the, what he didn't understand is the NBA draft is a crapshoot. We talked about it uh, mm-hmm. this morning where Jeremy said that there's five, four guys that are lottery picks, two guys in the middle of the range, and maybe one or two second rounders that actually end up being something. That's it. Yeah. So if you don't hit on those draft picks, you got a lot of Romeo Langfords. Yeah. You know, and semi Ojale. Ojale. I was going to say Alule for some no, reason. No, that's not it. Semi Ojale. 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 But that's you know what I mean. For every Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, you have these guys. Three of those. Yeah. You have three of those busty candidates. Yeah. And so it just it it just seemed like every move that was made just. The Kyrie Irving trade blew up in his face. I mean, I I mean prior prior to Kyrie Irving leaving Cleveland, I didn't hear much about him being the person that we see today. There wasn't a whole lot of Kyrie Irving's this weird kind of fella 
coming out of Cleveland I mean, prior to that. I mean, there still was. I mean, the, the the Earth is flat thing, that happened when he was in Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, that but, just... I, but it takes time for this to happen. I mean, you know, guys come into the league. Yeah. They, you know, the first couple of years, they can't be very outspoken. Mm-hmm. You don't get to mm-hmm. know them mm-hmm. very much. And then when you shine the bright light of LeBron James on it, then you get to know Kyrie Irving yeah. a little bit better. And then you had, of, co- of course, the strife within the, uh, the, the Cavs organization with mm-hmm. LeBron and Kyrie. They can't get along, and yeah. they're going to split up and all of this. And then he goes to Boston, and then we find out, hey, now he's the A number one, and he's getting a lot more publicity, and he's out there talking a lot more. We find out just how stupid he is. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's not just because he you know, he, he went to Duke and refused to go to class. Uh, I don't blame Duke for that one. I blame him for not going to class at Duke for that. Uh, but I, I feel like if he had taken more than one class while he was at Duke, he might know that the earth is not flat. Well, I don't think you can change stupid like that. <laughs> no, that's, that's not how you think stupid. Yeah, just go to school and yeah, learn stuff. When you're when you're when you're, your kids. when you're that kind of dumb, you can't teach that kind of dumb out of you. <laughs> <laughs> that's just the, the, I'm the, not going to disagree. I but can't, it, the, the Earth is flat thing is just it, it, it drives me up an absolute wall. Uh-huh. It's it's kind of reminiscence of the the birds aren't real with Jeremy Green. I know we have to deal with so it every insane. day. Every day we have to deal with it. Yeah, take. Yeah. And we know he's only half joking, but is he really? Because there's a little part of you that goes, that, that he actually believes that, doesn't he? The incident he? when he was working for the post office mm-hmm. and the bird flew into his car mm-hmm. and momentarily took possession of his car <laughs> will forever go down as the deciding moment right. in Jeremy Green's life where he decided that I will now be under this super craziness i can't chalk danny ainge's tenure as the gm or the the basketball operations guy president of basketball yeah. operations for the boston celtics as uh as a failure you know, was it disappointing sure yeah. it was disappointing because as you said with all the draft picks you would think that they would be able to get over that hump i have been saying over the last few weeks that the boston celtics to me probably the most disappointing team in this season of the nba and they have been that for me for a couple of years mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i mean i get it the last five years they went to three eastern conference finals they, they were one of the final four three out of the last five years how can you call that uh, uh you know how can you call that a failure i get that and i, I get that point i guess my whole thing was basically based upon what i thought they were going to be able to do True. with those assets and mm-hmm. it never amounted i thought they would at least be able to get one championship right but. Well, they got the one way back in yeah. 2008, yeah. and then it didn't happen again. Yeah, uh, it, you know, it's a long time ago. Yeah, but Danny Ainge, I don't think you can you can chalk this up as this was a failure. I mean, he came in and made a home run hire immediately by hiring Doc Rivers to be the the coach. They won a championship out of that deal. Made another trip to the finals. Okay. Then in 2013, Doc Rivers leaves. What does he do? He makes another gangbuster hire by bringing in Brad Stevens. Which has worked better than most people thought it would. Right. Who has year after year had his team saved from the first season he was yeah. in Boston, has had them in the playoffs. And then, of course, in the last five years, three times his team was one of the last four standing 
in the NBA playoffs. To me, I can't chalk up either of those things as failures. How about I just say that it was highly disappointing? There you go. There we go. There you go. Mm-hmm. The uh, the expectations were high. Mm-hmm. They did not quite meet the high expectations. So failure is a strong word. It's an, yeah, failure is a very very for someone who won an NBA championship. But I am thoroughly excited to see where this goes. Yep. From here, mm-hmm. you're in the sports tank with Jeremy Green. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Brian Haynes. Yes, sir. We'll be right back. Sports Tank. We treat star athletes better because they're better people. That's not fair. Life isn't fair, kiddo. Get used to it. Well, you're in the Sports Tank with Jeremy Green. Heard everywhere on the iHeart Radio app. In for Jeremy Green this afternoon, Mr. Brian Haynes. Yes, sir. And uh, you know what? You don't normally want to get a phone call from the police first thing in oh. the morning. Oh. It's not a good thing. Uh, it happened to one of the NBA players. Is that right? Yeah, it did. Terrence Ross mm-hmm. of the Orlando Magic. He got a phone call from the police saying uh, that his car had been found. Oh, no. Uh, here's the problem. Terrence Ross didn't even know his car was missing. Oh, is that right? Uh, apparently, his uh, Lamborghini SUV, which I didn't even know was a thing, mm-hmm. his Lamborghini SUV got stolen from the dealership. He had it in the dealership because it had a flat tire, uh-huh. and so he was getting it fixed. It was there overnight. Somebody broke into the dealership. They stole his Lamborghini SUV and totaled it. And then he gets the phone call from the police saying, oh, hey, uh, man, oh, uh, Mr. Man, Ross, man. we have uh, found your vehicle. And he said, uh, didn't know it was missing. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> that is not a phone call that you want. $200,000. Yeah, $200,000 vehicle just completely totaled as it was stolen off the lot. He said uh, the car was a present for his 30th birthday earlier this year. He uh, posted out on on Instagram that, you know, he's so upset and that he feels really sick right now. Um, He said it was the greatest car he'd ever had. Well, now (laughs) it's gone. And. And it says, it says, he tweeted, he's on Instagram and said, Terrence, uh, RIP to my Uris. And when I looked at it, I thought it said something different. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the poor guy, you know, it's, the, you know, $200,000 vehicle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it got stolen out of the dealership. I'm sure they're going to be like, yeah, Terrence, uh, we're very sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, what of these other Lamborghinis would you like that <laughs> exactly. may be a little bit more expensive than $200,000? Pretty sure somebody's insurance is going to cover that. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I mean, there's a there's a reason they pay those premiums, right? Right. I would assume so. I would assume so. On the weird scale, there's Vegas, there's Florida, and there's Asheville. Let's get weird, Asheville. Oh, from the uh, dealership being broken into an NBA star's car getting stolen and totaled. That might have been in the weird news segment as well, but I just couldn't pass up this story about uh, Paul Griffiths. He's 57 years old and uh, went into a kebab shop. Okay. He goes into the kebab shop, and this is over in the UK. Mm-hmm. They're, still, they're still very, very, uh, you know, 
uh, conscious okay. of the whole coronavirus the, thing. As they should be. And so they said, uh, hey, uh, Mr. Griffiths, uh-huh. why are you not wearing your mask? Okay. You need to be wearing your mask. And from that point, his response was either, hey, let me go to my car and get my mask, or let me do something really stupid. So what did he do? He probably did something. He did stupid. something really stupid. Yeah. Exactly. This is weird news. This yeah. is not. Hey, Mr. Griffiths is being a nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he took a paintball gun out of his pocket, pointed it at the people inside said kebab shop, uh, and he just began to point it at everyone. Of course, everybody there. I mean, guns aren't very popular over there. In the in fact, they're banned. They're banned. Uh, <laughs> they, they don't have those. So even police officers. I guess they. They didn't know that this was just a paintball gun, and they all started diving over counters uh-huh. trying to hide from the crazy guy with a gun mm-hmm. inside the kebab shop. Uh, the police were mm-hmm. obviously called to the kebab shop. Uh, they were able to subdue the man, arrested him, and then they served warrants on him. And guess what they found at his house? Tell me. A marijuana grow operation. <laughs> yeah, all right. Here's the key. Uh, uh, if you are going to be a jack wagon about wearing the mask in a facility that wants you to wear the mask, don't start pointing guns at people. Get arrested while you are breaking the law for other things. Yes, they found uh, what they call over there a cannabis factory uh-huh. uh, at his home. He is now going to be jailed for 20 months. Um <laughs> After pleading guilty to cannabis production and possessing an imitation firearm in a public place with intent to cause fear of violence. So, yes. He would have been in jail for the rest of his entire life if that in, happened in here. America. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. Uh, Cannabis factories, apparently, they don't get you a whole lot of jail time over in uh, the U.K., Yeah, I feel like he would have been serving a lot more time than that if that had happened here. But, yeah, just another point. If you're going to be a jerk, make sure you're not breaking other laws at the simultaneous time. That would be the smart thing to do. Exactly. All he had to do was put on a stupid mask (laughs) for five minutes of his entire life. And now he's spending 20 months inside of a penitentiary Mm -hmm. where Big Bubba can come around and tell him. Oh, easy now. He's holding the pocket, as I'd like to say. This one is a beautiful, beautiful sight. A Michigan man said a store clerk had to talk him into buying the scratch-off lottery ticket that earned him a $300,000 jackpot. The 50-year-old St. Joseph County man told Michigan lottery officials he was at a Hoffman Street Groceries in Three Rivers when he stopped in to look at the lottery counter. I stopped to pick up a few things and went to the lottery counter while I was there, the man recalled. As I was standing there, the clerk suggested that I play the mystery prize cash word game. The man said it took some time convincing to get him to buy the ticket. I told her I don't play often and wasn't too sure about the type of ticket. She told me that they were pretty simple to play and had been lucky lately. So I decided to buy two. The first one turned out to be a 300000 winner, the player said. The winner said his plan was to use the prize money to pay off his home and help out his family members. If you're not giving a couple bucks to that little lady, Clark, you're doing it wrong. Like, I mean, let's be honest. You know, could have made her day. Throw her, throw her, throw her grand in cash. Right. I mean, but... You know, I, I could just see the, the opposite being, you know, the guy that goes up against the make sure you pick me a winner. Yeah. You know, the, you know the, the clerks that have to sit there and deal with that all day Absolutely. long. And this one was being extra sweet and said, let's just go ahead in this game. This one's been hitting lately. 
I'm giving that lady a little bit of extra cash. I would think so as well. Yeah, uh, I, I know I, the I know the gas stations uh, or convenience stores or the sellers, whoever they are, uh-huh. they already get a cut if uh, if a winning ticket is sold in their store. Oh, is that right? Um, at least I, that's how it works here in North Carolina. I'm but pretty sure it works the, everywhere. The the owner of said thing probably gets money, not that's the clerk. Exactly <laughs> right. That's what I was gonna say. The, the the store may get a kickback from selling the winning ticket, but the chances of that going down to the clerk. Mm-hmm. I don't have that much faith in the system. So. And every person in Three Rivers just said, why didn't I go to that store and buy that exact lottery <laughs> ticket? Because whenever you hear of someone winning the lottery in your vicinity, you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, I could have been that person if I just took the yep. time to go and buy it. Yep. That's what I think every time. I haven't really had a lottery winner. There was, mm-hmm. there was a guy that uh, my dad went to high school with. Who won the lottery? Twice. Twice won the lottery twice. Well, like the Powerball, um, the New York State Lottery. Oh, well, for, that's as big as the Powerball. Yeah, anyway, the New York so. State Lottery. He won it a couple times. I think it was both times were over a million. Wow! But he won it twice. That's uh, incredible. Unbelievable. Uh, he was a really good guy. He played softball with my dad. I knew him real well. His name Joe Bella. I like, well, that at guy least that lot. makes me feel better. He owned, he owned, he, he, owned he owned the the you know the town of Constantia's Village supermarket, and he bought, made him a true value there. Ace Hardware kind of thing. Uh, it was it was a pretty cool place to go. Ah, um, okay. He was it was a good guy. Did good. Did well. Did well for the community <laughs> with his money. <laughs> well, that's. But that's I couldn't believe good. it twice. <laughs> Yeah, I can't even win it once. No, I can't even win a darn scratch off. Let's be honest here. I can't either. I, I, I I've hit it once. I I've bought scratch offs like time to time, time from time. Uh huh. And I've I think I've hit one like fifty bucks once. Mm-hmm. Every was, other one I've ever bought either was like, oh, here's two dollars back. Yeah, thanks a lot. Now I can what go buy another one. Yeah, and I, that one's gonna be a loser. I was around a, a group of guys that would go around and they would buy like forty scratch offs at a certain place. They had like some sort of wasn't say scheme, but they had some mm-hmm. sort of system that they thought was working. Okay. And one time I was like, ah, I got a hundred extra bucks. I'll go ahead and throw it in on this whole thing. Yeah. And yeah, I we I think we I think I got five bucks back. And I was like, I, well, does this work for you guys often? Some people are just naturally lucky. Yeah, they just get things like that. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, they figure out a system and they're like, oh yeah, yeah. I did this last week and made a thousand dollars. Yeah. Some people are just naturally lucky like that. I I used to work a job down in Atlanta um, with a guy named Spoony. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was his nickname. That's not his given name. His given name was Centavius, oh. but uh, his his nickname was Spoony. Mm-hmm. And we would Naturally. go. We would go every morning. We'd work for a couple of hours, mm-hmm. and then we get a little break. And so we would run down the street. There was a convenience store down there that had a you know it had a food place mm-hmm. in it. You could get like breakfast sandwiches and stuff. So we'd go in there get some breakfast sandwiches. Spoony would always buy three or four scratch off tickets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'd take them back, finish finish our sandwiches at the picnic tables outside mm-hmm. of work, and he would scratch off his things every day he got at least five dollars yeah. every day from buying 14 one day he scratched it off and it was like six hundred dollars between all four cards uh-huh. and he left he just yeah. left because <laughs> that's i mean that was spoonie you had to know spoonie he just six hundred dollars <laughs> i'm rich exactly. I'm out. that was exactly how I yeah quit. 
Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm done. No, it was just I'm done for the day. Oh, I'll yeah. be back tomorrow. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the rest of the yeah, day. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll take come the rest back of tomorrow. The day. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness, I love that guy. Oh, Spoonie, I'd like to meet old Spoonie. Oh yeah, you would have loved him. He was he was, he was a hoot and a half. Oh my. <laughs> uh, as we are talking about the NBA, of course, the two big stories of the day. If you're just joining us, Mike Shashevsky has announced that he is not going to be coaching the Duke men's basketball team past this season. This will be his last year. John. Shire mm-hmm. uh, is going to be taken over as the head coach when K is done. Danny Ainge is stepping down from the Boston Celtics of the president for basketball operations role. Brad Stevens will be stepping up into that role and he will lead the search for a new head coach. We also found out today that News ain't too good for old Joel Embiid with the Philadelphia no, 76ers. It is not. Uh, they have done all of the proper tests and they have found that he has a meniscus tear in his right knee. He is going to be out for tonight's game against the Washington Wizards. And they don't know when he's going to be able to be back on the floor. They are not going to have, he's not going to have surgery. They say it can be treated with physical therapy. And he's day to day. Mm-hmm. Now, he messed up the left knee mm-hmm. earlier in this season, mm-hmm. missed 10 games because of that. Yeah. This right knee, if this becomes any, you know, any stretch mm-hmm. of that kind of an, uh, of a, uh, a layoff for Joel Embiid, Philadelphia 76ers may, may be getting ready to get bounced again. And here's the thing. I don't think they're going to lose to the Wizards. No, uh, they there there is a hope for them. Philadelphia Wizards would like Wizards. Would, wow, the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers would go. like to close out the Washington Wizards uh-huh. tonight, even without Joel Embiid playing. And then they will also become the biggest Knicks fans in the history of mankind <laughs> because they're going to want them to win a couple more games to extend the time in between mm-hmm. this next series with Atlanta. I. Jeremy thinks, he said this morning that he still thinks Philadelphia would beat Atlanta or New York Knicks um, if, <laughs> in the next series. Um, that's, whether, not what, that's not what he said, by the way. We've already eliminated the New York Knicks, but we'll get to that in a minute. Well, no, I, I haven't eliminated Yeah, I know you have Okay. So anyway. you were trying to say that Jeremy said No, 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 no. no, no. I, that's I, not what Jeremy no, said. No, not, not what Jeremy said. I was throwing in the Knicks as my say. Ah, uh, uh, you, you misunderstood. Okay. All right. You misunderstood my young Padawan. Um, here is the thing. He said that the Philadelphia 76ers would win with or without Joel Embiid against mm. in the next series. I would find it hard to believe, but I could also see it. Philadelphia does still have Ben Simmons. They still have Tobias Harris. They have enough pieces. But this Atlanta team is, is raising my eyebrows. So well, I mean, I think any matchup. <laughs> with the Philadelphia 76ers and Atlanta would be, I don't know, contingent on the job that they can do defensively against Trey Young. Yeah. And yeah. who's who's going to be the guy to shut him down? I just don't know. I mean, who are you going to put on him? That's true. Who's going to guard? Matisse Teibel? They're, I mean, I guess he's the best... Yeah. He's the best defender that they have. I mean, outside of Joel Embiid, obviously. And I don't see Joel Embiid guarding Trey Young on the on the point. <laughs> yeah, that's not Ben Simmons. Uh, you know, George Hill. 
George Hill. George Hill will guard him. If he plays for more than a couple minutes. I don't know. I don't know. He's hurt, too. Oh, is that right? God almighty. I don't know anything about what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, he's just day-to-day. It's not like he's been out forever, and I'm just... I'm just trying to look forward uh, to this next series and go, who's it going to be? I got it. Danny Green guards him. That's who guards him. I I like Trey's... uh, I like Trey in that matchup. Uh, All day long. Listen, I like Trey just about in any matchup. He's showing that he is a superstar in this league. Yeah. I can't can't blame you for that. Even though he looks like, you know, Fire Marshal. Oh, stop it with the hair. I mean, they're talking... He hates Trey Young's hair. They're talking about the nickname of Ice Trey. I should say it's Rogaine. Rogaine (laughs) is his new nickname. His new name is now Rogaine Young. Stop it. Stop taking those shots. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just... It looks ridiculous. He's a young guy. He's going to have enough to deal with with his his sparse hair. When you're a millionaire, do something with the hair. I'm just saying. (laughs) Because it looks absolutely ridiculous. (laughs) Does that that rule stand for Kevin Durant? And I, LeBron James. I mean, they're they're bald. Into Evan Fournier. <laughs> Jeez, Evan, oh, Evan Fournier is just the worst. It's got it's it's god awful. Yeah, uh, watching that game last night, it just it, it just kind of stuck out to me like a sore thumb. Like if anybody, if you need to be worried about anybody's hair in the NBA, that's who you should be worried about. Is Evan Fournier, who keeps trying to do the, I don't know if that's the Friar Tuck look or what. <laughs> the He's Friar just, Tuck. You know, you get to this point. I had to face this as a as an aging gentleman as well. Just. Uh, not too long ago, it comes to a point where you just can't fake it anymore. No, you that's gotta why, shave it all off that's and why be I just done keep with it. Growing this magical just <laughs> mess on top of my head because I'm afraid that the one short haircut might yeah. lead to it being gone after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Uh, hairstyles aside, <laughs> um, this is not good news for the Philadelphia. 76ers. When I hear torn meniscus, I don't feel like this is something that where he's going to be playing in the playoffs. I mean, they're saying they're going to hold off on surgery. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is it going to take for him to be, like, really hurt? Hey, maybe this is the uh, Varsity Blues treatment here. This oh, is yeah. what you were talking about <laughs> yeah. this morning. Yeah. This is just, they're just going to load him up with the shots and yep. be like, go out there and do it. Yeah, who cares what you do to the rest of your knee for the rest of your entire all, career? All the Philadelphia 76ers know at this point is that there is no path where Joel Embiid gets surgery right now. And that if there's any possible way that we can have him on the floor... We're gonna do it. Yeah, I mean, this has been this is the this is the trust the process year. This is what this team was doing when they were doing the things that they were doing. You know what I mean? Like, like we just saw them a year after year after year tank and tank and tank and tank and tank, and, tank. and now here is the fruits of their labor. They're getting to the point. They're the number one seed. They're definitely got a path to the at least the Eastern Conference Finals. They have a championship caliber head coach. They have a championship caliber head coach, and the one thing that you could not have happened just happened. Yep, and it just needs. To, it's just got to be so disheartening, and especially for Philly fans because let's be honest, they haven't had a lot to cheer about here recently. Mm, no, the debacles that's been going on in the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, they deserve they, it. Though. Yeah, listen, if any fan base deserves, they threw. Rocks at Santa for God's snowballs sake. with snowballs. rocks in them. That's the story I'm sticking with. <laughs> no, was snowballs at Santa. They threw batteries at somebody Jesus. in baseball. <laughs> <Wasn't it>? uh, <laughs> Jesus. 
They threw popcorn at Russell Westbrook. I mean, God, these are these are all just a one popcorn with rocks in it. Yeah, it's just it, it, it's it's not good. Yeah, uh, no, the 76ers, they do have firepower. I mean, yeah, but it's not this like point, this team is undevolved of talent, right? But at this point, I mean, then you rely if you have no Joel Embiid, who are you relying on? Do you have to have uh, Ben Simmons step up to be the scorer, or do you rely on Tobias Harris? And then what's that going to look like when Tobias Harris is the guy? that the offense has to run through. I mean, without... Listen, they were going to have a tough time beating Brooklyn anyways. And without... It doesn't matter. They can maybe win another playoff series. They ain't going to go to the finals. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's plain and simple. They were really going to have... I, I thought it was a weird... It was going to be a weird matchup for them. I didn't think that they... They don't match up with Brooklyn very well. I didn't think. I don't know who's going to guard Embiid, but at the same time, I don't know who's going to guard Durant, and mm-hmm. I don't know who's going to guard James Harden. Well, Simmons guards Durant. Um, James Harden, I mean, that's but that Danny Green, Matisse Tyler. guard anybody? I mean, like, he's not very good defensively. Who? Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons? Yeah. That number one thing I'm thinking about with Ben Simmons I mean, is defensive play. I mean, wasn't isn't he an all defensive player in is the he? NBA? I believe he is. I I, I, I I don't think his his defense is as bad as you're making it sound. Man, if he is, I'm just going to sound like real dumb today. <laughs> like this is just this is where I need Germany to be like. Maybe you're I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. doing anything wrong. You know me. I'm a stat guy. I, I pay attention to the offense, and I don't care who can play defense or not because I want to see what we saw last night with the Denver Nuggets and the Portland oh, Trailblazers. He was just all defensive team last year. Thank you. Year. I thought he was <laughs> first team. I mean, I'm holding out that I'm holding <sighs> out that maybe I'm the idiot here. But no, 100. percent I wear the crown today. <laughs> <laughs> but oh my no, god, I, mean, I, I think I, I think that's the route you go. I think you, you can you can still make do without Embiid. Hopefully they won't have to do that. I think he's done for this series. Honestly, I don't know if this series will uh, it will go no more than two more games. If the Wizards are able to capitalize on the Embiidless 76ers tonight on the road in Philly, which I still think is a long shot, then this is definitely going to be over the next time Embiid gets on the court. Yeah, I, I just oof. It's it's gonna it's a tough tough injury to get right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's- we have four games tonight in the NBA in the first round of the playoffs coming up after the break. We will give you our picks for the Knights. I know it's no green on green, and no, we don't pick games as well as Jeremy does, but. Uh, I mean, he is on fire lately. He is unbelievably on fire. In the last month, he's like 18 games over 500 (laughs) picking in the NBA. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, The monkey knife fight play of the day, he gave that in the sportsocracy this morning. uh, And that was Trey Young and Julius Young. Over. Uh, the over on the points for Trey Young and Julius Randle in the uh, Knicks and Hawks game coming up tonight at 7.30. We'll give you the rest of our picks for tonight coming up next right here on ESPN Asheville, 92.9 FM, 880 AM and 1400. You're in the sports tank. That's horrible. No, you know what that is? That's horror awful. That's horrible and awful mixed together. Horror awful. Tank Spencer and Brian <laughs> Haynes with you here in the sports tank yes, with sir. Jeremy Green. 
And, yeah, uh, last year, Ben Simmons, all-defensive player <laughs> yeah. in the NBA, uh, led the league, in fact, in steals with I, I uh, feel just over two steals a game. extremely stupid. <laughs> I just didn't realize that, and it makes me wonder why I'm still alive. Yeah, Ben Simmons' team, the 76ers, going to be uh, featured in the first game of the evening in yes. NBA playoff action. It is Game 5. Between the 76ers and the Washington Wizards, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Beal, can they put the offensive performance together to be able to steal a game here on the road, extend the series to a sixth game? There will be no Joel Embiid, so at no. least they have that going for them. Yes. However, um, I'm not, uh, I'm just, uh, Philadelphia on the road. Missing Embiid, that actually, in my opinion, gives you a little bit extra fight in the guys that are going to be on the floor. Uh-huh. Like, let's close this thing out. Let's rest let's up. Win let's win one for Joel. Exactly. Yeah. I think they're still going to win the game, Philadelphia. Okay. I don't know if they're going to cover. Hit that bell. Yep. Because uh, that's where I'm at. Philadelphia is a six-point favorite. Yes. Tonight, despite the news that Joel Embiid is not going to be playing tonight, uh, and that's only a half a point. Yeah, it's only a half. A, it opened at at Philadelphia minus six and a half, yeah. and then they find out Embiid's not going to play, and it only moved down to Philly minus six. Yeah, I'm on Washington plus the six in yep. this one. Yep, yep, that's where I'm going. I don't think it's going to be a beatdown like we saw last night with the uh, with the Los Angeles oh Lakers. Oh my god. Boy, did I have to eat a lot of crow this morning on the Sportsocracy Live every morning at 9 a.m. on YouTube. Brian, who famously (laughs) said, uh, not last week, that (laughs) the Los Angeles Lakers were the far superior team to the Phoenix Suns. We've gotten a laugh out of that, no doubt, uh, for the first couple of days of this week. And then especially after that 30-point beatdown last night that the Suns put on the Lakers. And LeBron wasn't even man enough to finish the game. Like no, I've been, the, I've been the LeBron apologist for years now. But even that, like I, mean, I have no explanation for why the guy who's supposed to be a leader of an NBA franchise leaves the bench with six minutes I'm to go take in the game, my ball and go home, and then doesn't come back out. That just, just like, that invites the. To come at you. Yeah, exactly. 7.30 tonight, the New York Knicks at home in Madison Square Garden. I I said, go New York, go New York, go. Go New York, go New York, no. Going up against the Atlanta Hawks, they trail 3-1 to in the series. Back at MSG and the Knicks are a a one-and-a-half point favorite tonight. You think they can cover? Absolutely. They win this game. This might be the only game that they win in this series after tonight, I think. This is going to be, they come back to the garden, yep. rock and roll. Then they go back to Atlanta, and I just don't think we can win in Atlanta. I'm all in on Trey Young. I'm taking the Hawks plus <sighs> one and a half. The 930 game tonight on NBA TV, which means most of you won't watch it. The Utah Jazz <laughs> take it on the Memphis Grizzlies. The Jazz are a nine and a half point favorite. Who you got? I got the Jazz. I'm taking them at nine and a half. I think they're just going to end this whatever run you want to call it for the Memphis Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a run. Can you call it a run? Because they yeah, played in the run. play-in. It's a run. It's a little run. But it's over. Yep. I'm agree. I'm agree with you on that one. Jazz covering the nine and a half. <laughs> and the Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. The Clippers are a seven and a half point favorite. Too 10 high. o'clock tip-off at the Staples Center. I'm taking Dallas. I'm taking Dallas, too. I think Dallas is going to win this game. 
Um, but they're definitely going to cover. Yeah, Dallas plus the points. Take them in the money line too. I like the the Mavericks to get the win here and take the three two series advantage over the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm Tank Spencer. He's Brian Haynes. Yes, we'll see you tomorrow morning in the Sportsocracy on YouTube. Check us out at thesportsocracy.com. Tomorrow we will have Atlanta Braves baseball on here on ESPN Asheville. So we will see you Friday.